0: Hey, unfuckers, if you're new to the show, welcome. This episode is a new feature and a slight departure from our regular show format. So make sure you check out our past episodes, each of which is a deep dive into a single topic pertaining to the business of American politics. As a preview, our next episode is tentatively titled, Stimulate This, Biatch, where we'll break down the current stimulus package and place it in the context of other recent bills, as it appears that this is now the only way that we know how to govern. Be sure to subscribe to the show to be notified when an episode drops, and make sure to leave us a review wherever you listen. Unless you hate it. In which case, go shit on Ben Shapiro's feed. So, back to our new inter episode format Unfucking Quickies. Unfucking Quickies are meant to parachute into more current events by looking at three different but related things happening in the world right now more like headline news as compared to a normal unfucking episode that penetrates deeper and longer and so much more satisfying Mm, yeah hey uh yeah so a little early to be going off the rails let's let's pull that back a little bit (sighs) sorry about that i just you know i just get carried away yeah no i know i know Uh, all right we're rolling again Today we're taking a look at three members of the Democratic Party that are having very different experiences of late. Embattled New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, failed OMB appointee Neera Tandon, and Senator I'm So Fucking Important Just Ask Me Joe Manchin. We'll see where they line up and where they fall apart and what they have in common on this inaugural edition of Unfucking Quickies. Stay tuned to the end of the show for listener shout outs. And now when the world is a mean and nasty little place, wow. finding the truth can be a little tricky. Wow. Don't go punch yourself in the face. Just listen to an on quickie. We'll probably slide into cancel territory for the derogatory and demeaning use of Italian American stereotypes. But what the hell? We're taking some liberties here because we're New Yorkers, and we happen to know a little something-something about a couple, two, three of the things going on over here. Remember when some fuckhead called Chris Cuomo Fredo? That nah, it didn't end up so good. So there's an element of danger in talking about America's governor, the COVID update king, every married middle-aged woman's side piece, Andrew fucking Cuomo. We're going to make it because I love New York. And I love New York because New York loves you. New York loves all of you. Black and white and brown and Asian and short and tall and gay and straight. New York loves everyone. That's why I love New York. So how did the toughest guy in New York, America's governor boyfriend and author of a book on leadership through a crisis, go from that to this? I feel awful about it and frankly i am embarrassed by it yeah i'm gonna break a taboo here and let you all in on the worst kept secret in new york he's an asshole he's always been an asshole he's always gonna be an asshole back in the day he had a nickname when his father was governor of new york they called him the prince of darkness true story When the old man Mario couldn't get someone to see things his way, he'd call on his beloved son and angel of death, Andrew, to, you know, straighten things out a bit. The most infamous story here is when Mario and Ed Koch were rivals in New York, running a primary for New York City mayor. At one point, posters appeared in the city that said, vote for Cuomo, not the homo, taking shots at Koch's sexuality. Then there was the whisper campaign where the nickname Kotch Sucker began to spread through political circles. Most New Yorkers credited these as Andrew inventions, which the family obviously denied. Here's the upside of Andrew. People are so fucking terrified of this guy that he gets things done. That's not hyperbole. He is a bully of the highest order. But my bigger Andrew problem is that he passes himself off as a progressive, a tough one. In reality, he's just a poll watcher. Not like the 97-year-old person that works on election day, like he only moves when the polls suggest that it's politically viable. Not a progressive by any stretch. Gay rights, banning fracking, legalizing weed. Andy is always late to the party when New York should be at the forefront of national progressive agendas. Why we always got to wait for California and Vermont to do the right thing? The most significant trait Andrew inherited from his old man is the insistence on micromanaging every last fucking detail. Women and children can afford to be careless, but not men. That's the Cuomo mantra. Beyond his obsession with embarrassing Bill de Blasio every chance he gets, which is like beating up on a small, stupid child, Andrew won't let anything go without his approval. When his father was governor, it was a known fact that if you wanted to sneeze or take a shit, you had to run it by the second floor. In other words, nothing happened unless Mario gave the nod. But like most second gens, Andrew's missing some of the key ingredients that made his father who he was. Francis Ford Coppola spoke about the godfather. I know I'm pushing my luck here with the Italian references, but Coppola told the story of the godfather as a story about a family, not the mafia. He said he viewed the sons as each having separate yet distinct traits of the father. Fredo, the sweet side. Sonny, the anger. And Michael, the cold, calculating side. Andrew's kind of like Sonny and Michael rolled into one, but he's missing a gene that allows him to connect with people like his brother Chris does. Look, there's no doubt the guy can be effective when he wants to. He's smart, he's a fucking bulldog, and he is through and through New York. There were times when I had irrational fantasies about him slapping the piss out of Donald Trump while saying, Stay out of fucking Queens, you jerk off. I know that's not the most progressive fantasy one can have, and yes, I'm ashamed of myself. But there's no hiding. He's just a jerk. And now, as we know, kind of a creep. And as a Democrat, Andrew is not and has never been a friend to progressives. In fact, he looks down on the notion of progressivism with complete and utter disdain, in my view. His management over the nursing home catastrophe was a catastrophe. There were so many good things about the way he communicated during this time, but the audacity to write a fucking book about leadership at the height of a fucking crisis when you run a state with the most deaths... And the jewel in your fucking state, New York City, is so upside down people are writing articles about how it's dead. Andrew's toast. Oh, he's not gonna leave a nothing. He's just toast. Because being a bully caught up to him. And while it won't cost him the governor's seat, he's given his many, many detractors in the Democratic Party the ability to keep him from the one thing he covets more than anything, Biden's job. You blew it! But I assure you, He'll keep this job, as opposed to our next subject, who will not be getting the job that she wanted. I, I have to tell you, I'm very disturbed about your personal comments about people. Um, and It's not just one or two. I think you deleted about a thousand tweets. Ah, the curious case of Neera Tandon, whose future was undone by her past transgressions on Twitter. Brought down, dare I say, because she's a nasty woman. UCLA, Yale University Law. Head of a progressive organization, former staffer to Hillary Clinton. Immensely qualified and super smart. What Miss Fuzzy Britches forgot along the way was to find some fucking manners. Like Ted Cruz. Or Josh Hawley. Steve Bannon. Michael Flynn. Brett Kavanaugh. Or Clarence Thomas. Or maybe Andrew Cuomo. As Tandon was furiously deleting her past tweets, the Democrats and Republicans she'd publicly skewered for years were licking their chops in anticipation of her confirmation hearing to head the Office of Management and Budget, or the OMB. While she was busy, busy looking up the ladder, she failed to simply look down. Had she done so, she would have seen what we've known all along she has no penis. Girls aren't allowed to troll people on Twitter. That's for presidents, silly girl. Nira's mother came to her defense and said she's always been tough and hard charging. Bernie Sanders, who was often the subject of her digital assassinations, acknowledged her behavior, accepted her apology, and simply moved on because, as we know, Bernie Sanders is a fucking grown up who'll be able to look past the fact that Tandon's job during the primary seasons was to assail Bernie's credibility and perform the attack dog function for the DNC. Now don't mistake me, Tandon's a fucking asshole, but a fucking asshole who was eminently qualified to do a really fucking important job. Alas, she ultimately withdrew her application because it was clear the Republicans, who were remarkably quiet during the tenure of their pussy-grabbing president, were gonna line up in opposition to her and join with one Democrat who rounds out Our unfucking quickie session. In his campaign ads, he's a gun touting motorcycle riding politician. A son of West Virginia, Joe Manchin is a three term senator from a very red state. Except he is also, at least on paper and in party affiliation, blue. (laughs) (laughs) Senator Joe Manchin the most powerful man in Washington, D.C., from the coal-mining, shit-kicking state of West Virginia. Well, Sarah, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin has just put out a statement saying that he plans to oppose the nomination of Neera Tandon to be President Biden's budget director. That's right. This good old boy wasn't about to let some shit-talking, highfalutin' uppity woman with no manners take the cabinet position, where she'd be crunching numbers all day. No siree, Bob. Manchin's been referred to ad nauseum as the most powerful man in Washington, because he's willing to break ranks with his fellow Democrats just to keep everything in line and hunky-dory. Because these here United States don't need a fixin', they just need a little tendin' to. So it seems like on the important stuff, we're all gonna have to wait for old Joe to make up his mind, just like we did with the latest stimulus bill. We're still waiting for Joe Manchin to decide how this is gonna work. Basically, Joe Manchin controls whether or not the Democrats get the 50 votes. And while he was making up his mind, he found time to fight with fellow septuagenarian Bernie Sanders over how much to dole out in the package. Bernie Sanders and Joe Manchin apparently got into a, quote, heated exchange on a private Democratic (laughs) call yesterday. Sanders was insistent on more generous stimulus checks. Manchin saying firm in favor of robust unemployment insurance. Here's the rub about Manchin, who's causing a lot of hand-wringing in D.C., Because even if the Democrats find their nerve and eventually kill the filibuster, or do it Manchin's way and make it really, really fucking hard to execute, his known stance on breaking ranks with his fellow Dems does put him in the catbird seat. My advice on Manchin is not to lose any sleep over him. As a practical matter, it's fairly astounding that Democrats in West Virginia control their own bladders, let alone half of their US Senate representation. Manchin will play a role in our next episode when we break down the stimulus bills, past and present, and place them in their proper context. What this quickie highlights is the breadth of the Democratic Party and how it will likely never fully get its shit together. As fractured as the Republican Party is over its future, Republicans themselves always understand where they are in the moment and have a playbook for how to behave in any circumstance they find themselves in, most notably, for now, as the opposition. Their clear contempt for procedure and for the American people is still obvious and on full display. The vile nature of their attempts to subvert the stimulus bill and ignore the needs of the people out of fear that some people who might not need it will get something is so laughable given their propensity to give billions of dollars in tax breaks to the wealthy and subsidies to industries with an aversion to paying taxes. If you believe that consistency, like we see with Republicans, is an admirable and maybe even principled way to govern, and you believe that a government exists to support the general welfare of its people, then the progressive end of the Democratic Party and its spiritual leader Bernie Sanders is the only patch of hope. All the more reason to buckle down during the off-season and fight to elect progressive Democrats who are aligned with the people of this country. Although, beware of the trappings of DC, as we saw with Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema, who despite holding herself out as a progressive her entire career, turned her back on the working class so hard she should have whiplash. Check out David Sirota's latest take in the Jacobin to see how she's standing in the way of reforming the filibuster and how she helped sink the $15 minimum wage. So back to the beginning we go. What do Cuomo, Tandon and Manchin have in common besides party affiliation? Consistently inconsistent in their faux alignment with the people when it matters. Cuomo wears a progressive mask but is anything but. Tandon tried to pretend she felt remorse over her vituperative attacks on progressives. And Manchin is having his moment in the sun by acting like the Republican he is while wearing a Democrat's clothing. You know who's consistent? Bernie Sanders. But you knew that already, right? Here's Bernie in the 60s. The billionaire class is responsible for social injustice. Bernie in the 70s, the billionaire class is responsible for unjust war and and social injustice the 80s the billionaire class is responsible for unjust war social injustice and class warfare the 90s the billionaire class is responsible for unjust war social injustice class warfare and grunge music and so on and so on even lindsey graham the human incarnation of ice cream on a waffle took a break from doing hot girl shit to say this but the one thing i want to say about Bernie is that you believe what you're saying You've been the most consistent voice in this body, and the one thing I respect is people who believe what they're saying. Maybe the most fun and interesting part of what's happened since the inauguration is watching Bernie put on a political masterclass in outing false progressives while moving the agenda of the country along. When it looked like minimum wage was dead, he forced a vote so Democrats would have to publicly admit they were blocking it. He worked Manchin into a corner to salvage key pieces of unemployment insurance, and a barrage of checks on their way to 80% of Americans. He's looked past prior grievances to fairly litigate the business of the Senate while holding his colleagues accountable and continuing, as always, to speak truth to power. Okay, unfuckers, that's it for our first Quickies episode. Again, we're going to intersperse these with our normal deep dive shows because, frankly, I can't keep my mouth shut. Plus, it helps offer a useful narrative to put the issues we tackle on display in real time. So, join us in a few days when we release our stimulus episode. Stay tuned to the end of the show for some listener shoutouts, and do your best to unfuck yourselves in the meantime. Shoutouts to Micah for yelling at friends and coworkers to listen to the show, to Nettie for working backwards to catch up on every episode, and to Ron for the coffee. Ron went to UNFTRpod.com and bought the teen cups of coffee. You're the reason I'm so jacked up right now. Mary Catherine, welcome to La Revolution. And Jay, at best of the left, what can I say? You have sent so many amazing people our way. We will not let you or them down. And to the slew of new Substack subscribers at unftr.substack.com, where we post the episode essays and bonus content for free, welcome to the party. As always, Unfucking the Republic is produced by Manny Faces Media. That would be me. The show is written, hosted, and distributed by none of your fucking business. Send us your comments, your questions, your suggestions to unftrpod at Gmail or connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or at unftr.substack.com to keep the conversation going between releases.